Hello and welcome to the Sky Time podcast with me, Simon Cousins. This is the podcast that promotes Sky and profiles the people that drive the island's economy. It's also a celebration of Sky's vibrant history, culture and environment and aims to gently persuade visitors to spend more time, get off the beaten track and experience more of what our island has to offer. What a week this has been. A bizarre US election, England going into lockdown, and two extensions to the furlough scheme. I'm joined by accountant Faye McLeod of Campbell Stewart McLennan & Company to unravel all the changes and what it all means for business. Welcome back to the podcast, Faye. Thank you very much for having me. Now, I think we have to come clean with the listeners. We actually originally recorded this podcast a week ago, assuming that the furlough scheme had ended and there would be no further extensions. Since then, we've had Boris's Saturday night press conference announcing a month-long lockdown for England and a four-week extension to the furlough scheme that had just closed. Then, remember, remember, the 5th of November, Rishi Sunak pops up and announces the furlough scheme will run through to the end of March. What have you made of it all, Faye? Well, we've had a very interesting seven or eight months and just when I thought it was about to calm down, it just all kicked off again. So it's been quite an interesting week, starting with getting up on Sunday morning and starting to think about the implications of what Boris Johnson's announcement um, meant. And the fact that we had a huge number of businesses who had essentially thought that that was it. Furlough was finished on the 31st of October and um, had been working towards some sort of new measures on the basis that we're in tier one and could therefore um, have a little bit more freedom. So businesses were thinking about uh, what more they could do to survive the winter. And then all of a sudden, we're in a situation where actually furlough's back and it's back on a more generous term, term than it was for October. So all of a sudden, businesses are left with this decision. Do we now ditch our new plans to open or to reopen on, on, a, on a more normal basis um, or do we actually just take full advantage of the furlough? Now given that November tends to be one of the poorest months of the year, it's in the run-up to Christmas people are actually saving their money for that December period and don't tend to go out combined with the fact that there's very much an unknown customer base this year, given that people are restricted in terms of travelling from the central belt to the highlands. And therefore, the likelihood of having even as, as many customers as we would normally have in November has disappeared. So it almost makes it inevitable that it, the sensible option for businesses is to take advantage of the furlough. Um, I guess the good news is that flexible furlough still exists. So for businesses who want to open part of the time that they've got that safety net of having furlough for their staff that they can fall back on. But I guess the the biggest difficulty is that many businesses will have made decisions long before now. Um, Businesses cannot make decisions with a couple of hours notice. Uh, Many, many businesses have already parted company with their staff and made staff redundant. And in many cases, that's going to be very difficult to reverse. It is absolutely staggering, isn't it, that this is the government, they're supposed to be in control, and the changes of policy are are just staggering. It is. It's quite astounding. Um, For many businesses, especially in the hospitality industry, they have that run-up in March to starting up and opening up, 
and that's quite a quite an intense process for them. There's a lot of work goes into that, a lot of planning. Now we've had that not once this year, not twice, but potentially three times if businesses are starting to get themselves up and running again just now. And that's a massive amount of additional work to be expecting businesses to do. And it takes time. You don't just decide today, I'm opening tomorrow. It takes weeks of planning in terms of staff rotas, lining up suppliers, getting getting the supplier days working in terms of your scheduling and your opening. And, and there's just an awful lot of work involved in that. And it seems to be completely missed by the government that businesses need time they need time to plan and they need to be able to give their staff notice of what's happening as well and there's been a complete absence of any opportunity for people to plan ahead in any meaningful way. So what were businesses saying to you after Saturday when there was the potential four-week extension to furlough was that enough or was it just seen well four weeks is neither here nor there and it's probably not worth the administrative burden? I think, to be honest, there's been an awful lot of confusion on many different fronts. So that announcement came and there was confusion over, was that just England? Was it going to, was it, how was it going to affect Scotland? And then, of course, the, the Scottish government was very much pushing Westminster to extend the furlough beyond just November. Um, so whilst it was going to apply in Scotland, for November, just as it did across the rest of the country. I think there was a further confusion to the message that was going out there because of this sort of second campaign by the Scottish Government to try to get the furlough extended for a longer period. I think a lot of people actually thought that that meant that it was the November that didn't count in Scotland and that they were campaigning for that. So I think there's been just utter confusion. Actually, I think a lot of businesses have been quite surprised that they're able to take advantage of the furlough in November, particularly because in Scotland, in the Highlands and Islands, we're in tier one. So we're not actually, we haven't actually been legally locked down to the same extent as tier three have. So that in itself caused further confusion. So I think there's actually still a lot of businesses out there that probably until yesterday's announcement of the furlough being extended to the 31st of March, were still very unsure about what they would be able to do. And this now brings its own dilemma over, do you actually take full advantage of the furlough and allow your staff to be furloughed and have 80% of their normal salary at a time of year, which tends to be very poor income-wise anyway? Or do you try to do some form of opening as much just to keep people occupied and busy rather than just having people sitting at home. And what was your expectation yesterday, Faye, uh, when we heard that Rishi Sunak was going to be making an announcement? Did you have any inkling that the scheme would be extended this far? No, not at all. I think my own thoughts were that it would potentially be extended, potentially by a month or two, but that that would have the condition attaching to it that the business would have to be legally locked down. So this is this is a very welcome announcement, albeit very late, but it's still very welcome and will help certainly retain some employment. So do you expect there to be a cavalry charge now of everybody saying, well, we might as well just go for it, put everybody on furlough and close the doors for the winter, especially in the hospitality sector? 
I think from a financial perspective, that would probably in most cases be the be the sensible option for businesses to take. And I guess we also have to consider the health messaging as well. The fact that by remaining shut, you're minimising those interactions between people and minimising the risk of increasing coronavirus. So when you take that second element of the health messaging, that's when... Um, on top of the fact that financially for us across the winter, it tends to be very poor. Um, it just seems to be the sensible option to take advantage of the support that is now being provided. There's also a great deal of relief for workers who were laid off when the replacement job support scheme was originally introduced. What's the mechanism for getting these people back on the books and back on furlough? So the interesting thing about this scheme is that the, the scheme that's been announced just now is that you don't have to have previously used the job retention scheme and the requirement that businesses had their staff on the payroll as of um, the middle of March is no longer a requirement either. The requirement now is that they were on the payroll um, in September essentially and that's very welcome news. So it means that staff who have been taken on over the summer, perhaps weren't, or even in March, and and missed out on the first furlough, they can now take advantage of that furlough. And also businesses that have um, perhaps paid off their staff, say, for example, during October, they can now actually reinstate them back onto the payroll system and claim furlough for them um, over the winter. Um, So that will be very welcome news for some businesses. I think up here, what happened, though, when the businesses reopened in the summer was that they've been actually working on as slim down a staff as they possibly can so that they don't necessarily have the normal staff numbers that they would have in any normal year. Um, The staff that have been working have been working extremely hard to manage in some cases, the same level of work, but with less staff. So the dilemma is maybe not quite as uh, quite quite as bad for employers as it was early in the year, because they've just been managing to get through the season um, and probably working twice as hard as they've ever worked to to make that happen. Where does the onus lie in terms of taking people back on? Do employers have to do it? And who initiates the conversation? Can employees or former employees go back to their employer and say, please take me back on and put me on furlough? They can. Um, Ultimately, it's really a decision for the employers as to whether they want to do that or not. They can't be forced to do it and it's their decision whether they want to do it now bearing in mind that this isn't just a a complete grant that covers all of the costs the employer still has to cover the national insurance the pensions and also whilst staff are in furlough they're also accruing holiday pay so there are costs associated with this there are admin costs as well and not all businesses having had a pretty tough year up to date can necessarily actually afford to do that and take staff back on. So it is a conversation um, that has to be had by between the employer and the employee. Rishi Sunak also announced an extension to the support for the self-employed. Describe what that entails. So again, this is a very welcome announcement and it starts to get back to the same level as the furlough in terms of 
increasing the grant that was expected to be at 55% of the trading profits to 80% of the trading profits. And that's very, very welcome. And it will be paid out on the basis of three months average trading profits and paid out in a single instalment capped at 7,300. So that, that, that's going to be very welcome. And there'll be a second one. So there's one that runs from the start of November to the end of January, and then a second one that runs from uh, runs through to the end of April. Um, so that's going to be very welcome. There's still nothing for that group of excluded sort of self-employed people, people who are directors of their own company and primarily pay themselves through dividends. And um, there's a big campaign on social media to get this sector supported. Do you see any light at the end of the tunnel for them? It's been really difficult for these people and to have gone for such a long time without um, any decent level of income or anything that's comparable to a normal level of income must be hugely difficult. I did drop a message to Kate Forbes and Ian Blackford yesterday, just thanking them for their continued pursuit of the Westminster government in terms of providing additional support and just saying thank you rather than my usual um, complaint <laughs> letter. So can, can you help here and can you help there? And I was, I was very pleased to note that Ian came back and said that the job is not yet over in the sense that they are continuing to push and to try to get support for those who have missed out. Um, so that's very pleasing to hear that he's going to continue to do that. Um, and again, I think collectively that we should continue to pursue that and make sure that those who have missed out on any, any sort of support, that they do actually um, access some form of support, particularly over the winter, which can be an extremely difficult period. As we've said, the announcements were obviously welcome, but do you find it a worry in one respect that the the schemes have been extended for such a long time? Does that indicate that the government knows something we don't in terms of the scale of the pandemic and plans for national lockdowns? It's quite astonishing that it has been extended to the 31st of March. But I guess if we go back to the health side of things, over the winter tends to be a, a difficult period in terms of flus in general and, and therefore combining the bad weather with uh, a pandemic I, I guess it's inevitable that this is going to last to the spring and that it's going to be the spring before we start to see any sort of um, turnaround um, so I guess with hindsight it, um, it does suggest that they're being a little bit more sensible and allowing us a little bit longer to plan again it is worrying in the sense that it does suggest that things are pro probably going to be going for another couple of months. But at the same time, at least businesses know that there's support there. And there's supports that will overlap with hopefully opening next year as well. March tends to be the traditional month that people are busy getting ready for the season and opening up. So at least they know that there's furlough that will continue to support people right through to the 31st of March, just before Easter. And I guess it's just a case of fingers crossed and hope that we're into a more normal situation that will allow us to trade in a way that's close to what we would normally expect. This must be giving nightmares to macroeconomists. I mean, the figures are absolutely staggering in terms of the debt that we're building up through this. I, I heard figures ranging from three to nine billion pounds a month that this is costing the country. It's really hard to take in, isn't it? It is. It is absolutely astounding. And 
I've been thinking about this since the very, very beginning of, of lockdown, but I can't imagine what sort of punitive tax system we're going to have in the future in order to pay for all of this, because it does have to be paid for. Once the pandemic is under control and being managed and the economy starts to work more normally again, we certainly won't be any quieter because I suspect that there's going to be significant changes to the tax system in order to pay for all of this. Um, so that's going to be interesting as well. This has been a really tough year for you and your colleagues. You're not only having to work through the, the minefield of all of the detail of these support schemes, but you're also offering a counselling service, I guess, to many of your clients. I guess we are. On lots of occasions, we're a point of call that the client can phone and um, just offload a little bit about some of the, the issues and the problems that they're having within their business. And you know, on, on occasions, we can help them as well in terms of identifying to them what sort of support they might qualify for, because there has been a huge amount of, of information coming out. It's an absolute minefield. It's a minefield for us, and, and we know what we're dealing with, versus you know clients who they're inundated with different schemes for different sectors and different industries and different rules depending on how long your business has been running and whether you're continuing whether you're stopping that sort of thing so it's been it's it's been it's been interesting but it's been nice as well from our perspective to be there to help our clients in a slightly different way rather than just being there to help with compliance um, and year-end accounts and tax to actually be able to help them on the spot to to do a bit of forward planning. Last week, I asked you how worried you were about what the business landscape might look like next year. Have these announcements this week changed your view at all? It will make the winter less difficult (laughs) in the sense that having been speaking to some business owners, they had managed to trade through August and September and had been ferreting away as much as they could from the from what they were making in that time in order to help support their staff and cover overheads over the winter. So the announcement that furlough will continue to the end of March will be a huge relief to all business owners who have staff because it takes away a cost that they were going to have to incur themselves. Um, in order to support their staff and still have those staff available for the next season. Faye McLeod, as ever, thank you for your time. Thank you. And that's all for this edition of the Skytime podcast. If you have a story or business to promote, email simon at simoncousinsmedia.co.uk. Please also get in touch if you'd like to sponsor Skytime or advertise your business on the next podcast. Until then, stay safe. I give up.